0: got a Bible? Uh, why don't you grab it and go to John uh, chapter 10. I'm offensive, uh, by the way. I've heard, I've heard that. I don't, I don't try to be offensive, but sometimes it just comes out before I even realize that it comes out. It's, it's there, and that's true. Willie, I'm glad you came, man, because I thought you were gonna be too hurt to come, but you, you came we cried all night together man I felt your tears I felt them prayer of the saints man I felt I felt it but if you think that I've ever been offensive and, and I, I do say this honestly um, sometimes I do say things that are kind of weird um, it runs in the family yeah it does not that I'm trying to be weird, just like I said, sometimes it just comes out, but I will say this, if you think that I've ever been offensive, which I would suggest that if you think I'm offensive, you're probably not coming back, and you're probably not a part of our church, um, <laughs> but if you've ever thought that I've said some things that are pretty weird or offensive, just hang tight, because Jesus is going to take right. it to a whole nother level All right. um, with his awkward uh, self and his very offensive uh, things that he said, if you you got to remember where we've been. If you remember, Jesus told the Pharisees that they're sons of Satan, <laughs> and he's about to, like, really nail that in, in this passage. This is a very, um, probably one of those passages that everybody can quote, John 10, 10, because we love that verse. Thief comes, steal, kills, destroy. but Jesus come, give me life and more abundantly. You know, we love that, <laughs> but let's let's look at it in context, and let's read what happens before that. Because Jesus necessarily, he's not talking about Satan necessarily. He's talking about the sons of Satan, Pharisees. Those are the thieves. Now, they're being operated by Satan. But um, so God help us today. Uh, after John chapter 9 is unfolded, Jesus, uh, let me just catch you up to speed. Some of you are new. Uh, Jesus has um, given sight to the blind man. Um, not, not yet, Willie. <laughs> yeah, not yet, Willie. Uh, if you remember what the Pharisees, it seems like as this guy who was healed, as he was talking to Jesus, it seems like his sight became clear and clearer to the reality of who Jesus is, and it seems like the opposite is happening in the Pharisees. The more they're talking to Jesus, the more darker and darker that their vision gets of who Jesus is, and God help us that it's not as in this room, uh, because there is a, there's not a middle line. When it comes to the gospel of Jesus, there was no middle line then it was either believe or don't believe. And, and hear me carefully. Um, there's no line today. That's right. You Amen. either believe who he says he is right. or Jesus. Hear me now is either the most or, or he's just the most insane person you've ever heard of. And you just don't believe. There's your options. We are a culture where there are tons of options for us. But it's not like that with the word of God. Amen. Here, Jesus has a dividing line. Okay. You believe or you don't believe and the room about to get real thick. All right, because if it ain't already got thick right now, it's about to get any thicker. So here we go. With that in mind. Truly, truly, verse one of John 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man's a thief and robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls out his own sheep by name and leads them out. That's powerful. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger will not follow, but they will flee from him. For they do do not know the voice of strangers, this figure of speech Jesus used with them. But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Now, the the point of of this verse, and I'm going to really focus on 7 through 10, but I, I want to just lay this out. that The point of this verse is that Jesus is gathering a flock of people. And what you see here right now, that this particular flock is geared towards the Jewish people. But make no mistake, in just a little bit, Jesus is going to say, and I got another flock. And that's you and I. And so here's Jesus laying this out before them that um, I call my sheep by their name and I lead them out. Do Do you want to see the powerful doctrine of salvation in this? Jesus is like, I know every single one of my sheep and I ain't losing one of them. And it wasn't too far-fetched for this culture to actually name sheep. I mean, y'all don't look at me crazy. You name Fufu. What you got? Well, you may have a cat. And the only name for a cat is Beelzebulb. Amen, church? <laughs> Somebody almost caught the spirit right there. But you got your dog, and you named your dog, and it was not very uncommon for them to have their sheep. And they, they named their sheep. They love their sheep. I mean, they protected their sheep and Jesus is giving us this beautiful imagery now now watch this because I know some of us think this is a beautiful imagery and I think I, I'm one of them but I want you to understand that sheep and I'm not suggesting that any of you are like this but sheep are very dumb animals I'm not comparing you to a dumb animal Jesus is comparing you to a dumb <laughs> animal <laughs> they need help y'all who's going to lead them their heads all the way down Who going to tell them where to go I mean sheep are so dumb they'd be, they'd be like a cliff they're like oh there's a pool <laughs> boom dead so if nobody's there to lead them what, what the inevitable is going to happen to the sheep they'll die the, the wolves will come in the, the wild animals and they'll come and they'll feast on them without the shepherd likewise church if we don't have the true shepherd leading us again here's the line death or death destruction or life let me keep reading so Jesus again said to them truly I say to you here's one of those incredible statements of Jesus I am the door of the sheep all who came before me are thieves and robbers but the sheep did not listen to them I am the door if anyone enters by me he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes to uh, only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come. She may have life and have it abundantly. Now, to enter any other door would rob you, destroy you, and inevitably will kill you. Think about that in terms of our culture and in terms of like, because the reality is is that a lot of us are being faced with many doors that the enemy is trying to get you to enter into. Uh, Here's success. Enter the door of success. For what? You're going to be robbed of your dignity and your integrity? Enter the door of sexual pleasures. Right? I mean, that's enticing. That's what the culture is. It's all about you. Like, enter into whatever door fits you. But hear me, there are only two doors here that's being presented. The door that Jesus is, which is life, or the door of the enemy. The door of the enemy that looks beautiful on the outside. I mean, they got their whole, uh, they got their wreath on it. (laughs) I mean, it just looks so pretty. It's very enticing, and yes, it is. Because that's how culture wants to present sin. Sin is fun. Amen. It is fun. If you've never sinned, if it hasn't been fun for you, then you've never sinned rightly. Amen. <laughs> That's a true statement. Okay. And it looks beautiful, and it's and it's and it's like just this urge in our soul to enter into all these doors that we think will promise abundance in our life, but we're wrong. So let's look at this contextually because uh, Jesus understood the language of their time and all these Pharisees had understood themselves as being the intercessors for the people to enter into God's presence and so, in other words they had an idea that they themselves were a type of gate for the people a type of door for the people to enter into I mean, these, these Jokers they, they had their law under their belt I mean, this is how you enter in my way they wanted their control, not the divine sovereignty of God. They wanted um, all things to be wrapped around them. And here's Jesus throwing his God card down on the table. Hey, Pharisees, I know y'all think y'all cute and everything. I know y'all think that y'all are a part of this whole gate to which by the sheep uh, come into. Actually, you're a thief and a robber. I mean, could you imagine being one of those Pharisees? I'd be Like, boy, who are you talking to? I will slap you. And in fact, later on in the chapter, that's what they're about to do. They're about to pick up some stones and stone him. He is demon-possessed, they say. (laughs) And Jesus is like, no, no. There's only one door, and I am the door. (laughs) Now get this, what Jesus is doing here, because it's just a second, He's not only the door, but he's also the shepherd. So he is the way into life, into himself. There is no other way. And they are so offended by this, Because how they, remember back in chapter 9, this blind man that was healed, that was their sheep. And Jesus just snatched him. And they could not understand why Jesus would heal this guy. Remember them asking, like, "Why, why did he do this to you? And Jesus, right after the healing of this blind man, uses this imagery for us. This brother belongs to me. He don't belong to you. And the way that he gets to me is through me. Now, that is the way, Jesus. And in the face of these Pharisees, in the face of these Jewish people, he's saying, y'all, I got to drop my card on you. I need to drop my God card on you real quick. I'm the way. In other words, don't miss this, what Jesus is saying inevitably, that I am God. Remember the, the I am statements. Jesus is saying, I'm him. I'm it. I'm here. I'm the way to an abundant life. Because the life that these jokers are trying to entice you with will destroy you, will kill you and suffocate you. What, the life that they want to give you is more law, do more good. come through me. But the life that Jesus is giving them is rest and love and peace and joy. That's what Jesus is doing here. And in the face of these jokers, he's like, man, I'm the way. What an audacious claim. Again, Jesus is either God or he's just incredibly insane. I am the door. There is no other door. You know, J-dubs think that Jesus was uh, the, the, the angel Michael here, but they got the wrong Jesus. Jesus saying clearly, I am the Jesus. I am the only way because my LDS folks they think they got the right Jesus but that Jesus wrong too cuz he was a created being by heavenly father heavenly mother Jesus is like no 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 Colossians 1 huh, I was here I was the active agent of all creation yeah. John chapter 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was god the word was with god yeah. I mean you the our muslim folks out there they think they got the right Jesus but he's just a prophet yeah. he didn't die for our sins all the universalists out there who think, well, just find your own way. It's all about you. It's all about what you're feeling in this present moment. Jesus is like, it ain't about your feelings. Come on. I am the door. I am the way. To have access to God, you get through me. That's right. You want access to the Father? You got to go through me. Yeah. There's only one way here. And I want you to feel the, the, the severeness of this. The weight of this, that there is no other way to the Father except through by Jesus. And Jesus is like, I am that guy. And boy, them Pharisees, they wouldn't have it here. I like what um, D.A. Carson said, that it is not the Christian doctrine of heaven that is a myth, but the humanistic dream of utopia. Let me say that one more time so the folks in the back can hear it real quick. It is not the Christian doctrine of heaven that is a myth, but the humanistic dream of utopia. It is a myth for you to think that there are so many doors, yeah. so many ways, yeah. and this door is for me, that door's for me. It's a myth. Amen. There's only one way, yeah. and that's Jesus. Yeah. Now, I want you to see what happens after Jesus makes this incredible claim. So Jesus then goes on and he says... Peter, back in verse nine. So I am the door, and hear the invitation in this church. If anyone enters by me, so Jesus is the door. Another I am statement here, and I got a little bit of ring. Isaac is is kind of bothering my ear. Thank you, brother. All right. Anyway, so you gotta get that, So so watch it now. I'm the door, and hear the invitation in this, because this is incredible. If who? Thank you, person in the back listening. Jarek, I can always count on you. If who? Okay, y'all, is it, it ain't that hard. If anyone! <laughs> come on, church. Yeah. If you're black, if you're white, if you're yellow, if you're brown, if you're pale like me, anyone, poor, rich, middle class, don't know what you are. Anyone, Republican, Democrat, if you're like me, you're politically homeless, anyone. <laughs> Doesn't matter who you are, anyone comes. Yeah. And this is the audacious claim and invitation of Jesus Christ that it gives you. I don't care if you're blind or you think you oh, could wow. see because you're spiritually blind, Is for you. Yeah, okay. If anyone comes, anyone This is an invitation that should bring joy to us, church. This is an invitation that we ourselves should be sending out to others that are around us. If anyone, if your neighbor, anyone. Anyone. It's the invitation to life Jesus gives us. I was reminded a few weeks ago of how powerful invitations are, especially when you are inviting people in their to you know to christ and bringing them in uh to a body of believers into the church a young lady and a young man that me and marinda were going through some premarital counseling with uh, over the past few weeks reminded me apparently i'd forgotten i guess that's what happens when you get old oh. forgot you don't remember my name will you get on um she's like hey you you remember like how i got involved like you invited me uh, because I was your waitress up at the pub. Now I wouldn't like up at the upstairs pub, all right? So everybody calm down. I was, on, I, was in a, I was in the sanctified level. <laughs> you know that second level. Some crazy stuff was happening up there. That's why they shut that place down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no, <laughs> nah, well, it may have started from the bottom, but I left before it got really out of hand. But like, so this girl, she was my waitress, and I'd always give her an invite card. You know, we make sure we tip well. And she told me she said it was because of that invite card. And yesterday, I officiated her wedding. Like, how powerful is that? Okay. That this young lady was brought in just by me, just consistently, like, going at like, "Hey, what, you need to come, just just come be a part." Yeah. Man, you know how hard it was? It wasn't. I gave her a card, right? I mean, some of you just think that it's just so hard. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to say. I don't either half the time because, you know me, I'm awkward. And defensive, <laughs> you know I mean it's not hard Amen. and so we have this reality here that Jesus is inviting anyone into the fold of God in church hear the implications of this and really uh, the, rather the application to, of this for us as a church like who are we inviting into the fold of God because the reality is that Christ has given you the voice now yeah. he's empowered you the church to go go get those other sheep that need to come into the fold of god this is an incredible invitation that jesus is going to give and so jesus jesus here takes the blind man who was an outcast and brings him into the fold and i I also want you to hear believer if if you're here this morning you're believer like well I mean, you know, this is an invitation into new life. I've already got this new life. But listen, there's, there's an incredible invitation for you also. Amen. Some of you are, are, are tampering around maybe with some doors you shouldn't be tampering around with. Man, don't feel condemned by this. This is Jesus' invitation for you. Don't open that door, man. Yeah. Okay. It leads to death. It leads to destruction. And if you're a non-believer here this morning, hear the invitation in this. You're entering into a door that will lead you into darkness. Now, once you see this, the other thing here, because this is what the door is going to lead you into the promise for an incredible future. You see this? Amen. The thief comes, the Pharisees came, who are the sons of Satan, Jesus says, who are influenced by Satan, and they come to kill, steal, destroy. And so, hear what the invitation is Jesus comes to give you life. Man, that's powerful. Life, not just life, but life abundantly. So he says, you will be saved. You will go in and out and find the pasture safe from the enemy that would destroy you. Enter through Christ and be safe. Now to go in and out and find pasture, this gives us the provision that we need. So we will be provided by God and nourished so you come into the safety. So that's the protection of Jesus's fold. And now you have the freedom to go out into the green pastures, which represents here the provision of Jesus Christ. So Jesus, this, this life abundantly is protection, protection from uh, the wicked one, and even the protection from your own soul. Even the protection from your self-talk that you're always giving to yourself. I'll never do this. I'll never be this. I'll never... Like, here's Jesus wanting you to walk through the door of His protection Amen. and His provision. Now, this isn't you getting a jet, brother. I hate to break it to some of you. All right? That ain't what He's talking about here. Yes, God will provide for you His common good graces, but man, this is provision for life eternally. Amen. I mean in the grand scheme of things, when you are in eternity with Jesus, like, you'll be looking back at your life as a distant memory. Like, what will all of the financial stuff and materials mean to you in the moment when you're in the presence of Jesus Christ? Friend, it will mean nothing. So this isn't Jesus giving you an invitation to the prosperity gospel. This is Jesus giving you an invitation to his prosperity, and here it is, you get Jesus. That's right. You get his joy. Yes. You get his love. Yes. You get his grace. Yes. You get his mercy that's new every morning. Amen. You get Jesus. And Christ comes and he offers this. I've come to bring life and life more abundantly. Now, look what Jesus just exposed here, and I'm going to pick it back up in verse 10. The, the Pharisees, they wanted... Uh, control, they wanted to lord uh, their power over all of these people, they wanted people to stay in their sinful condition I mean, they wanted this blind man to stay I mean, instead of rejoicing and celebrating that this man has his sight now, what do they do? Why are you seeing now? You shouldn't be seeing I mean, isn't that crazy? Like, sh- like I don't know, I'd be rejoicing I'd be doing a praise break with this brother and I know some of you wife folks don't know what that is, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, we would be doing praise breaks together down the streets. And I mean, you can see how powerful this is. But instead of them doing that, the Pharisee's like, Why are you looking at me? You shouldn't be seeing. This was one of their very own. Because that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to just uh, stifle what God is trying to do in your life. That's what the enemy's trying to do. And this is what Jesus calls him when he calls him. And he says, all right, now, and this is where it gets crazy. The thief, you. And he's, it's just in my mind that he's talking to these Pharisees. He's talking to these religious leaders like you, you are the thief. And you've come to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, this kill word in the Greek is the thio, which means to slaughter. So this isn't just one direct shot. This is how the enemy works. He wants to tear you to pieces, limb by limb. That is the work of the enemy. Not only does he want to destroy you, but this Greek word for destroy or or kill you, but the Greek word for destroy is apales, which means to make you unaware of your location. So the enemy wants to blind you. The enemy wants to take this blind, now sees guy, and he wants him to go back to his old lifestyle okay. isn't that crazy Jesus just called them on this okay. like you Pharisees you want to destroy this man limb by limb and you want him to go back to his state of blindness right. but I have come and this is but all right. but I have come I mean this is a big but yeah. and your mama can't lie about it alright it's good this is a juicy butt. I mean, incredible. But, hear the offer. I've come. That you may have life abundantly. See, there I go again with all the weird stuff I say. Satan comes to steal. Jesus comes to give. Satan comes to kill. But Jesus comes to bring life. He comes to destroy, Jesus comes to bring you hope, purpose, promise of a better future. This is the reality that Jesus is walking us into. And you've got two doors right in front of you. You can go to the door of destruction, or you can hear the gentle, 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 gentle call of Jesus. You guys get up here, all right? It's a lot harder than you think. The gentle call of Jesus. Jesus, that was supposed to be a moving moment, but apparently it just flopped, but anyway. (laughs) And I love this because this is the the life, and you guys have heard me say this. I've probably preached from John 10, 10, like 10 times. He comes to give you life. The zoe life is the word in the Greek, which is that word that's found back in Genesis when God breathed life. So it's that intended purpose of the garden. God's coming. He's like, I'm coming because the first Adam couldn't do it, but Jesus, the second, the greater Adam, has come to breathe that Eden life inside of you. Amen. That that life that gives you purpose, that life yeah. that that wants that gives you the drive to live the, in the here and now. This just isn't eternal life, but this is the life here now. Amen. It's God wanting to reign His kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, yeah. and He's wanting to do that through. You. And so my church this morning, hear the invitation that Christ is setting out before you. I am the door. There is no other door. The only other door will lead you to destruction, death. But the way to have this abundant life, to way to have this joy, you want joy? Go through the door of Jesus. You want life abundantly? Go to the, jo- the door of Jesus. Do you want satisfaction in your life? The door of Jesus. Do you want hope and purpose? The door of Jesus. You want that peace to calm the anxieties of your life? The door of Jesus. You want a gift? The door of Jesus. You want grace? The door of Jesus. You want His mercy? The door of Jesus. This is what Christ has come to offer us. Later on, he's going to tell us about, you know, not only I'm the door, but I'm the shepherd. This is going to hold a huge weight. And in fact, this is where the Pharisees are like, they've had enough of Jesus and all this talk. It's time to kill him. They still could not see. As Jesus is giving them this invitation, please don't be like the Pharisees where your eyes grow darker and darker to the reality of who Jesus is. May we be more like the man who was just healed, and our eyes see clearer and clearer and clearer to who Jesus is. Because the reality of it is, is that when we see Jesus, and if we can see Jesus rightly for who he is, that changes your life, changes your marriage. And this is what we're not go through when we're going through these Um, premarital counseling, like, listen, uh, the reality is if you can see Jesus rightly, you see Jesus for who he is, it'll save your marriage. You want to see Jesus for who he really is? It'll save your life. Walk through the door of Jesus this morning, and there's an invitation for you. Do you want life, Jesus is the door. Let's pray this morning. Father,